Hey guys, oh my gosh, it has been, I don't even want to count the weeks because that's not fair to you. <laughs> it's um, not fair to then myself to think about all the time that I have just not been on here. And guys, I have just really sat in this, what do I even do with this podcast? Because teaching, guys, is kicking my butt. But this is what I decided. We're going to keep going. And whether it's I post every two, three, four weeks, um, I want to get these interviews out because I have so many built up that are just so good and I don't I don't want you guys to miss it. Um, and I don't want to lose this momentum because I think it's something I so believe in and um, know that the other women that I've chatted with so believe in it too and I want to keep this conversation going. So guys, I... I'm so thankful that you're here, that you're still here. This is Saturday morning when this is going out, maybe Saturday afternoon for some of you, but um, as of now, podcasts are going to be going out on the Saturday mornings rather than Fridays because um, it's just too hard for me with teaching. I'm just, I just need to get to Friday, so then after Friday is when I can think of other things <laughs> other than keeping my children alive. So guys, this week... We have Kirsten, and um, I'm just excited for you guys to hear all she has to say about gritting it, giving yourself grace, uh, making sure you have a Sabbath, and um, just the truth about what it means to really celebrate women and what that looks like. Oh, and guys, before, sorry, I'm like, (laughs) we haven't even started the podcast yet, but I can't find a good place to put this in here. This isn't a sponsor. This isn't. I don't even know what sponsors look like or how to get those on podcasts, but I do want to give a shout out to Chipper Things. She is a designer and she designed shirts, phone cases. Oh my gosh, guys, all of these things. And she's so fun, has so many great ideas and just, it's all gold. It's all pure gold. So guys go check her out. I promised her I put her on their podcast, not because she's sponsoring me or anything, but just because I believe in good companies and want good, good talks to promote those. So guys go check her out on Instagram and then you'll see all of her stuff. It's great. It's gold. Maybe you'll see me on there. Who knows? All right, now we can start the podcast. <laughs> also, want to let you guys know that Kirsten and I chatted for about 40 minutes before we even started the podcast, so the transition's a little funky in the beginning. So, I'm asking for grace. <laughs> All right, let's go. Hi. Yeah. So good to see you. Yeah, so good to see you. How's it going? Great. How the heck are you? Please tell us all about you. Okay, so... If you've been listening to Good Good Talks from the beginning, yes. I'm trying to think, what episode was I on? Probably, okay, I, oh gosh, probably, I don't know, I keep wanting to say like three or <laughs> four, really I know, fast. keep wanting to say three or four, but I feel like it was later, but maybe it wasn't. Yeah, I'm going to guess six, what's your guess? Um. Yeah, you're probably more right than me, let me look back, here we go, who's going to find it first? I don't know. <laughs> Available episodes. Season three, dang girl, you're in season three. I know, I can't believe I have so many. It's done. Because <laughs> um, I technically, well, no. Okay. I was not in the unknown season. You have an unknown season on here. That's so annoying that I'd forgot to put it on <laughs> iTunes and then it just comes you're up. You're not the, I've seen like really big podcasts. Um, so season one. I don't know what episode. It was after Chip Chat Chip Chip Chats. Chip, chip Chats number seven. seven. So I started numbering them, but then I didn't. So yeah, I think it was probably maybe sixteen. 16. Yeah, sixteen. Yeah. You're the last yeah. one before season one ended. Fun. Yeah. So if you've been listening since season one, all that back at it. <laughs> I was on episode sixteen. So I'm Kirsten Eason. If you don't know me, um, I. Um, a podcasting friend. Yes. We still have never met. Like, update, we haven't met. You're so right. (laughs) Because we talked about that in the first one. So nothing's changed in that regard. Yeah. But we're still friends. I think it's still maybe a year later. Almost. Almost a year later from the first one. Yeah. That's that's crazy. Yep, still haven't met. So (laughs) that hasn't changed. Um, But yeah, we, I host 
adulting with that. So you might have heard me on there. I know some people have like got connected to either of our podcasts through the other person's. Yeah. Which is great. But on mine. Yeah. So super fun. Um, I live in Boulder, Colorado. Um, what do you do? I'm a children's minister. Yeah, you are. At church. That's new since the last yeah. interview. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I do that part time and I work at a boutique part time. So, so great. Nice. Those are my main things. Those Podcast, are your main things. <laughs> kids and clothes. <laughs> Podcast <laughs> kids and clothes. <laughs> Hey, we have a lot in common. We do, really. If you just do. put it plainly like that. Yeah, then we're basically the same. Basically the same person. <laughs> oh, I love oh, it. Oh, my goodness. Okay, yeah. so Kirsten has been with me through the beginning, the middle, and not necessarily the end just yet. We both thought maybe ours was going to end, but here we are again. <laughs> we're back. Both okay. have started. Um, yeah, so she's listened to the last few episodes that have been out. As we're recording right now, Joanna's just went out last week, um, and so she kind of has a little bit of, like, foundation of what this Grit It Girl season is, um, but I'm more excited to hear just your thing and your voice in it because, like you said, I think it is a very needed thing right now when I'm realizing that even through what we were talking about with like Jess and Haley and everybody kind of has a little bit of this sprinkled in of celebrating women, whether it's more of like encouraging people through their seasons or whatever it is, and not necessarily saying I'm going to grit it, but, um, yeah. So how would you, I guess, define grit and all of this and what we've talked about? What's your definition? Yeah. Well, I definitely, when you sent me, the, like questions you gave me like the dictionary definition yeah awful <laughs> because I was gonna look it up if you hadn't given that to me um, so part of it I'm kind of stealing from that like I think that whatever dictionary one you sent me said like courage and something else let me look I have it open right here okay yeah I wouldn't have I didn't kind of have my own either I had to look it up I'm very good at taking other people's words and then moving uh-huh. it around totally and grit's kind of like one of those words that I'm like, ooh, that sounds good, but I've never really known what it means. Exactly. Okay, dictionary. Courage and resolve, strength of character. Yes. yes. And so for me, I think as I've been just thinking about what grit is and what it means in my own life, I think it really comes down to courage and persistence mm-hmm. um, because sometimes it's just freaking hard to have the courage to press on, like whatever mm-hmm. that may be in, I think it can even if it's a small thing, like whatever that is, sometimes it's just hard and it really requires courage. And so whether that's fear of fear of failure, fear of people's opinions, fear of whatever, like it takes grit to press past that fear. Mm-hmm. And then I think um, once you kind of press past that initial fear, then it then takes persistence to like keep going. And mm-hmm. when it gets hard and when you come against roadblocks or you're tired or you're busy, we... Um, I just lost my train of thought. Sorry, I'm going to repeat that part. Really totally quick. Fine. <laughs> um, yeah, it just, it takes persistence to keep going because it is going to get hard again, no matter what like path we're on, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard. We're going to get tired. Roadblocks are going to come up. We get busy. All those things happen. And so we don't necessarily want to run ourselves to the ground, mm-hmm. but we want to like rest well. But then we also want to continue to persist and to work hard and to not just like give in when it's easy or when it's given when it's easy given when it's hard I think that's really for me it's like the courage you need to press on and then the persistence to not give up on it yeah I really like that persistence because I don't know I actually was watching this um I don't know. You know how sometimes Facebook just gets you with those videos when you're, yeah, you don't go to Facebook to watch videos, but then that's all you end up doing. One of them was about millennials and how we have this horrible reputation of like, we just don't stick with things and we don't, um, I don't know, just we don't persist. And I think that the guy was kind of talking about how it frustrates him, but then taking it to my point of, yeah, it really frustrates me because we're not as millennials, whether you're a millennial listening or not, like it's a, I think 
all in all, we just want to do good in things. And if we can't find good in it and we can't find worth and purpose in it, then we're going to try to go to something else. So people take it as we're not persisting in things when like we are, we're just doing it in different avenues and it's almost harder to give up on something and go another way than it is to stick in the same job for 20 years of what that may look like. It's what we need to do when really that's not always the best fit for everybody. Right. Absolutely. You know that I always get kind of personally offended. When I know. People... <laughs> I know. <laughs> millennials. Cause I'm like, we're not all like that. <laughs> and I think too, we're on the younger end of millennials, um, which I didn't realize that I thought we were like the main millennials, but I think yeah, me too. at this point it's like 30, like thirties. Cause Brad's a millennial and he's 32. Okay. So But then, like, we just had interns here that are, like, juniors in college. And I think they're, like, the cusp of Generation Z. Okay. Okay. I could be wrong about that. But, like, we really were not – I guess we're kind of in the middle of that. Anyways. We're kind of hanging on by the end, like, living the way that they're living, whatever, but still trying to make our own because we're not really millennials. Who knows? What are we? (laughs) Who knows what we are? But I think part of that reputation came – during the recession, honestly, mm. like it was when people were graduating and there weren't jobs. And so some of that, I, I could be wrong. That might be bad timing too. I don't know enough about generations. And I don't either. Stuff, but so I believe everything you're saying. <laughs> Stuff's convinced. But I think, cause I know there were a lot of people who went back and like lived with their parents after they graduated college because yeah. they graduated during a recession. And so yeah. like, yeah, like, no one could find a job. How are these people with no experience supposed to find a job? Yeah. So I think we kind of get a bad rap. So yeah. I'm always a little offended. And I'm like, no, that's, yeah. not, that's not what it is. I know. No, I just want to work a year and go somewhere new. Just get off my back. Yeah, fine. <laughs> Can I live the way I want to um, live? Okay, yeah, yes. Yeah, persistence is huge, though. Yes, sure. persistence. So, like, tying that into then how are you gritting it right now? How are you persisting? Because I know... Like you said, you've had this new job for probably, what, like three or four months? It's been full swing? January. No way. Yeah. That's when I started, like mid-January. Yeah. Okay. That is – that's true. Oh, my gosh. Okay. It went so fast. You had to kind of get um, funds for it, right? Like you had Mm -hmm. to raise money for for your salary initially, right? Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what I that was I had a couple things that I was like, I feel like which one this was the hardest question for me was how am I personally gritting hmm. gritting right now? Yeah. And um I don't really know why, but I think it almost like requires grit to like admit that you're doing something that yeah. um that you're living in what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. It requires grit to admit that you're doing that, you know? Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it totally does. Because we have yeah. to, like, because you have to believe in yourself, right? And say that you're right. doing something. And I think it's almost, sometimes it's looked down upon when we're like, yeah, we're getting it. Like, we're doing this. Right. Totally. Yeah. So it, that was hard for me, but I was like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna own it. But yeah. I think part of that is when I think of grit, I think of like these awesome entrepreneurs and like mm-hmm. the phrase like boss babe is like really <laughs> trendy right now or what there's like other ones too, which they're fine. They're not like my favorite thing. But <laughs> like, I think that's what I think of is yeah. like entrepreneurs starting businesses, exactly. just rocking it in the business world. And like, that's not who I am. And mm-hmm. so um, I had to kind of reorient my view of grit a little bit, but mm-hmm. with the children's ministry, so to rewind a little, I was nannying before that. Um, so like last, up and through last December, I was yeah. nannying. And it was great. I learned so much from it, but it was not my favorite. Mm-hmm. And it just felt, I knew there was meaning, but it felt like there was more. Like I felt like yeah. what I could be doing could be more. And that wasn't to... Um, on my podcast, I was always so hesitant to say I was a nanny because I talked about how I felt stuck in that. And I don't want mm-hmm. anybody to ever think like, oh, well, I'm a nanny. And so, like, are you saying X, Y, Z about like, yeah. whatever I might be, they might be perceiving from that. And that's not what I'm saying. But just for me personally, that was not where I wanted to be. And so yeah. um, 
I'd kind of been trying to navigate that for pretty much the entirety of my job as a nanny. So like a year and a half, Mm -hmm. just trying to figure out, okay, what is this? I like tried grad school. I didn't, it was fine, but like, I'm not doing it anymore. Like Mm -hmm. there's just, I was trying all these things to try to find meaning and I was kind of floundering. And once I kind of accepted that, like what I was doing was meaningful, maybe not a career, but um, just like rested in that like season. I started to like gain some clarity and this children's ministry position opened up and to spare the details because it's not all that exciting. <laughs> it was an unpaid position essentially. Mm-hmm. And just because our church is small and we don't have the funds right now. And so I knew I wanted to be back in ministry. I was um, in ministry before I was a nanny. And so I knew this is what I wanted to do, but I also live in Boulder, Colorado. And so working for free is just not feasible. Like I can't be sustained off of that. And I'm married. So we have Brad's um, salary, but that's not enough to sustain both of us. He's a youth pastor. So there's that. What's that? So he's a youth pastor. So exactly. He (laughs) funds for that. At our small church. So um, they are really generous with their, um, his pay, but it still wasn't enough. And so we started, to have to get creative with it. And I think that's where some of the grit started to kick in. And it was actually Brad's idea of like, what he was like, what if you raise your own funds for Mm -hmm. your salary? And so I really liked that. Like as we were praying, that felt really doable. And Mm -hmm. that felt like something that was, though it's not ideal. Like I never thought I would be in a job where I have to raise my own funds. Cause I was always like, that sounds horrible to ask people for money, which yeah. is not great. Like it's not my favorite. Yeah. It's thing. still not your favorite. Right. Exactly. Which is okay. But I realized that that outweighed the alternative of staying where I was. And so I knew that if I wanted to be in ministry, this was an like open opportunity and I had to kind of like go for it full yeah. force, no matter what that looked like. And so I presented it to our leadership and they were on board. And so I just started getting after it. I had mm-hmm. to reach out to people and have awkward conversations, but it was just so sweet how the Lord met me in that and encouraged me through those conversations rather than draining me. And, um, yeah, so that's what I'm doing right now is I had to kind of fight for, I know like it's not fighting for, but in a way it feels like that. Like it wasn't just like laid out there. I had to kind of work for it and figure out creative ways to be in this position, which, Mm -hmm. I'm super grateful for. And then along with that, like another way that I feel like I'm gritting it is that that still wasn't enough like money, Mm. uh, which is great. Like the people who support me are so awesome and so generous, but it just was not like a full set, like full-time salary. And so I'm doing children's ministry part-time and then I'm working at a boutique called do South part-time as well. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's a similar thing where like, I don't necessarily have an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial that's always the hard (laughs) spirit where I'm like looking to like make my way to the top in a business or Mm -hmm. start my own boutique like that's not on my radar but this great opportunity arose with um a business that I was already doing some blogging for and they're just a really great family it's a really sweet business and so it was something again that's like not necessarily my career but it was something I wanted to like work for to enable me to do the children's ministry. And so, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, those are some, some definite ways that I'm gritting it. I, I realized with that question that a big part of me, I think, and you might be able to relate to this. So I am an Enneagram one. I think the last time we talked, you were a four. (laughs) Oh, I thought it was a three. Oh yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought I was a three for like a long time, like senior year of college mm. through last year. So however many years that is, I don't want to do the math. Yeah. But um, I thought I was a three for a long time. I'm not. I'm a one. And Steph's also one. So yes. I resonate with this. But <laughs> it's easy for me to kind of get sucked into this like doom mentality of like, I have to um, do all these things and I have to do them perfectly. Mm-hmm. Otherwise... Mm-hmm. Like, what's the point, kind of? Um, and so with this whole idea, I was like, as I'm kind of juggling a lot of things right now, like podcasting, children's ministry, uh, retail, we'd moved in the last couple of months. Like, there's all these new things that I'm juggling. And I wouldn't be able to be doing those without giving myself permission to, like, rest in grace. Like, yeah. I think that that um, 
as I was really like processing it, like I think it actually requires a lot of grit to be gracious to yourself. Hmm. And so I think that that's been a big part for me as well is like accepting that I am not going to do any of these things perfectly. Like I'm going to fall short. I'm going to have lazy days where I just like have a hard time getting the work done, Hmm. but like it requires grit to be gracious to myself. And then, um, also to grit to continue to press on. So I kind of accept like, oops, like that was not perfect. Wish I would have done that better. Mm -hmm. That doesn't feel very grit like, but that's okay. And I'm going to move forward. Like I'm going to do better next time, or I'm going to just keep, keep moving forward and pursuing these things of meaning that I've been trying to run after. So I don't know if that makes sense. No, it totally does. And especially because I think it's a, if you, I, th- I feel like there's two things that I resonated with that of because being the same Enneagram number of, yes, there's mm-hmm. very much of the, I, I want to give 120% to every little thing that I do. So if I'm not doing something well, I just don't, I don't want to do it anymore. So this podcast, like in all honesty, I have not really thought too much about it since I was traveling and all of those things. Yeah, so this yeah. has been the first time that I've sat down and been like, okay, what She's are we doing here? Oh. Sorry, can, so you, you haven't done much after you're traveling and then it, Yeah. You know. No, I just was saying of, I haven't done anything other than sitting down and talking with you now. This is the first time that I've been like, okay, what's this season about? Let's get back to like this view and this, um, I don't know, excitement that I had before. And then I like beat myself up that I'm not in the same place that I was a month ago um, and how... I don't know. Yeah. There's just a lot of like, if I can't give it all, then I don't want to do it at all. Um, but then also the whole, there has to be purpose behind something I'm doing. And if there's not, then that's incredibly difficult for me to do too. Yeah, totally. And I think that's where like the persistence piece kicks in too. Is like, even when, um, it's like maybe you're not in the same place you were like a month ago with it, or maybe I, like, I feel like in the last, like last week I just had a really lazy day and I like, didn't manage my time well like Mm -hmm. that's just the reality of it Mm -hmm. Uh, but like we can choose to like we can either there's kind of two choices like we can just kind of give up on it um with certain things you can at least like with podcasting you could easily either of us could easily give up on that because like we're too we're not doing it up to par of what we're wanting yeah or we can be like yeah maybe that wasn't up to par for what I was hoping but I'm going to choose to persist and keep going forward, even if it's not perfect. Um, So yeah, I think that persistence piece is huge and alongside the grace. Yeah. No, I loved that of like, it almost takes more grit to give yourself grace than it does for anything else. People in our shoes. I mean, there's, I'm, I'm sure you listened to the sleeping at last song for the Enneagram. So I think each song has um, their word in a way. And I never realized how much grace was my word until it's been so much a part of my vocabulary of what I don't give myself. <laughs> like, yeah. Or um, I can give it to other people, but I've also, on my trip, I read the Sacred Enneagram. Have you read that book yet? I haven't, but it's on my list. Okay, yeah. It's it's a lot. There's a lot in it um, in a way of I'm someone – I read like two – um, fiction books. Cause I can read those super quick, but any nonfiction, I have to like take 20 hours to read three pages. Yeah, um, totally. especially for the Enneagram one, but what I was talking about of like, there's, I don't know if I'm sure this resonates with you because you're one, but the anger part of our, um, personality and then how it leads to resentment and how like grace needs to overarch all of that. Because if it doesn't, then I will be forever resenting someone forever judging people and it's just not I'm just not going to be a good person mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and grace Absolutely. has been the word for all of it <laughs> man it's so hard because I always thought I was a really gracious person too mm-hmm. but I think it was like grace like disguise yeah like it's like false grace and it's not even it wasn't intentional like it mm-hmm. wasn't like me trying to be fake it was like me trying really hard to be gracious because I want to be mm-hmm. but then also like being hurt mm-hmm. because of it. and so it's like it's not really grace if I'm not actually 
letting it go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Absolutely. if I mean, hold on to that and mm-hmm. feel hurt and like it grows into resentment, then I'm not actually showing them grace. So mm-hmm. it's just such a hard pill to swallow. Cause I'm like, no, I'm so gracious all the time. And yeah. I am, I give like, grace. I, like, right. yeah, it's hard, but yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. So with all of that, because I've, it's been fun to like walk this with you a little bit or more just kind of watch you and then being able to have talk about the it's not the end but finally everything's kind of come together of persisting and gritting through it um how would you then encourage other people in this season and I think what this question because I think it was in Joanna's interview that I was like I don't know some of these questions I want to try to figure out how to word better which I probably should but either way I'm gonna somehow um explain it or like um delve into it a little bit more whenever I'm actually doing an interview so I don't have to change the question entirely but all to say like not necessarily the season of like specifically you are a children's pastor you are raising money but the what what do you feel like your season has been this last, like, like, maybe since January or since, yeah, having to, like, really rest in this, I'm not going to be doing things and that's okay, or knowing what I'm doing. Um, what is that season for you? And then how, what encouragement do you have for other people that may be in that as well? Yeah, I think um, what came to mind is rest. And I know you... Um, or Jess Connolly fan as well. We were just talking about that. But one thing that Jess Connolly, I've heard her say, is that we shouldn't rest from work, but rest to work. I don't want to completely quote on that, but that's the idea of it, is that yeah. we don't like work, 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 and then like, ugh, like have to rest from work because we're completely exhausted. Mm-hmm. But it's we rest, so we then are re-energized to like wholeheartedly go do the work that mm-hmm. we're doing. And I think that, that's something that I've sometimes done really poorly and I'm like learning, like I still don't do it perfectly, but I'm Mm -hmm. learning what that looks like. And for me, that's meaning like take a day of rest Mm -hmm. and no matter what, like no matter how busy my schedule is, no matter how much I have on my plate to take this day of rest because it really is a game changer. Like I think it makes my work days more productive. I think it makes my rest days or rest time more restful. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and I had to give myself permission to do that. Otherwise it wasn't going to happen. Like mm-hmm. my schedule's just too weird right now that if I let it be naturally, like just let it flow how it goes, I'm not going to have a day of rest. Like I'm mm-hmm. just going to, I might have moments of rest for sure. Like mm-hmm. it's not like I'm working nonstop, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to have like a whole day that is an intentional rest. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's my biggest piece of advice right now is we, yes, we're created to work like absolutely. And we, um, I think we thrive in work. We, um, we learn from it. Like work is so good, but we were also made to rest. And Mm -hmm. so I think figure out what's restful. It's going to look different for everyone. Um, and then fight for that time and Mm -hmm. enjoy it. Like, I think that's one of the hard things for me is to just enjoy resting because to not be stressed about my to-do list but just be like no this is my time to rest and Mm -hmm. I'm I'm gonna enjoy it like Mm -hmm. it's enjoyable so let's no totally um is that like kind of explaining sabbath as well for you like do you call Mm -hmm. I don't know call it your sabbath I've kind of forgotten about sabbaths yeah yeah I call it my sabbath for sure and it doesn't look the same every week um like this last week I worked on my podcast and like and I and I an ideal Sabbath day, I would not Mm. be working on my podcast. I'd be, um, maybe doing some yoga and Mm -hmm. reading a book and going out for coffee with Brad and maybe hanging out with some friends. Like it, it doesn't have to look the same for, and definitely like reading my Bible. Like that's something I try to do every day, but I want that to be a big part of my Sabbath day as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that that was a long way to answer it. Yes. That's my, that's my Sabbath. Yeah. No, I just feel like I haven't, Sabbath was kind of this big name word for, I want to say probably more like the beginning of the year because it was the New Year's resolution things. 
and something that I was really working on and now I haven't um, really thought too much about it. So it's good to be reminded of that for myself as well. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's been, it really, I think it's been a game changer for me and has kept me sane yeah. throughout all of it. Um, yeah. And just, it makes me more productive too. Like, I think that's when the interesting thing is on my work days, I just get more done than mm-hmm. I would when I was just like spreading out the work mm-hmm. over a longer period of time. <laughs> How long do you feel like you've been having these, these Sabbath days or like having a full day of rest? Has it been, like, kind of adding up to where, you, like you said, you can feel the difference in your days? Yeah, I think that I'm trying to think when it's – I've always had the idea of Sabbath on my mind. I shouldn't say always. For a while, I've had the idea of Sabbath and the importance of Sabbath. When I worked mm-hmm. in Texas, they were really big about taking Sabbath days. And so that was instilled then. And with nannying, I definitely – had an element of that because I had a more consistent work schedule. Mm -hmm. And then when I switched to working two jobs part-time, my schedule got a little, little wonky. Mm -hmm. And so like this last week I worked a little bit more, like usually um, I work like Tuesdays and Wednesdays at due South and then like Wednesday nights at the church. And I tried to work like Thursday, Friday, Friday. That's kind of like my, um, if I'm done with my work, great. Then mm-hmm. I don't have to do it. But if I'm not, then that's like my catch up day and then work Sunday. So Monday's been my Sabbath. Okay. Um, but I don't think I've been fighting for it until the last couple of weeks. Like, I think it was an ideal that I was like, that'd be a good thing to like start practicing, but mm-hmm. it just, I wasn't doing a good job of it until the last few weeks, I'd say. Yeah. It's hard. That's another thing you have to persist in doing and choosing to do it. Cause I know from a lot of people that I've We've talked about John Mark Comer, right? I feel like we have. Mm -hmm. Um, He chatted a lot about that and just things that I've either read from him as well as um, seen him speak at different churches. Um, So, yeah, that's the thing that they're like, it's not going to be necessarily easy to do at the beginning because we're not used to stopping. And I definitely learned a lot of that on my trip in Egypt and um, Italy as well as like, I mean, we were at the beach almost every day and it was beautiful and great. And, but that's hard for a doer like me of like, I have to be active in a way. And, um, that's why I came out so rested was because I had to allow myself just to be and rest and sit in it rather than stress about the fact that I, I didn't necessarily have a to-do list, but I was like, I could be doing something right now. I definitely could be doing something. (laughs) It's it's really hard. I'm not good at resting because no. I crave rest. Like, it's not like I don't crave it. I mm-hmm. want it. But then when I do it, I feel guilty. Yeah. At, which is just crap. And it's frustrating. And that's, I think, sometimes, at least my experience of being a one is there's a lot of guilt and shame yes. wrapped up in it. And so um, I think by setting aside a day, it allows it kind of resets my mind of like no this is purposeful mm-hmm, and, absolutely and sometimes I'm not super intentional with my rest and uh, like I might have a like watch a few Netflix shows and that's not like ideally what I want to be doing but yes. at the same time I'm like that's maybe just what I needed to like relax for a little bit and, mm-hmm. or maybe if it, it wasn't but I did it and like exactly. I'm gonna give myself grace for it exactly and, that's where I've had to be too of I remember there's one day when I took a Sabbath and I literally watched new girl for maybe like three and a half hours. And I like wanted to cry afterwards. I was so mad at myself and my friend Kinsey came home and I was talking to her about it. She's like, you do know that that's okay. Like that was the way you needed to rest. You needed to check out completely and just not think about anything. And that's okay. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Right. I know. Brad has to tell me that all the time. Literally. It's okay. Remind Uh, myself. Someone say that ones need to, um, they like recommend that they find like a hobby that they're not very good at and is just like a guilty. Pl- well, I think I was like one they're not very good at to so just like be okay with not being perfect at it. Yeah, and like the one of just like a guilty pleasure. Yeah, and I was like, oh man, the idea of the guilty pleasure is not my favorite mm-hmm. because it expresses guilt. I want to do it. Like yeah. I envy people who can do it without guilt, but yeah. it's just like 
it takes a lot more work yeah. internally for me to be able to have a guilty pleasure. Totally. Where it's like, I can... so uptight. <laughs> okay, like, watching Netflix sounds so appealing, right? Okay, yeah. one episode, but two episodes in, three episodes in, I'm... I'm shaming myself real hard. I got to be going on a run. I need I need to go, like, no, finish some okay. paperwork that's not even there because right. I just have to do something. Oh, man. Killer. The mind of the one is, like, a sad place sometimes. It really, it really, really is. I remember when you first found out that you are a one and you're, like, kind of bummed of... Honestly, reading about a one, even on paper, I don't... We don't sound like fun people, and that's really sad yes. because... That's why I, I like myself people. and I like you. <laughs> well, I had to really do some work to accept it. I was devastated. I, was I remember. Like, what, which is silly because, like, I know what, like, I, actually, I don't know a ton of ones, but I know you, and I would never be like, wow, stuff's boring. Like, that's never <laughs> a thought that would cross my mind. But that was my impression. I think it just made me feel like I was afraid I was boring, and then mm. it felt like it confirmed that fear. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, no one wants to be friends with the one, which is a lie, and I totally. totally believe that now but in the beginning yeah you're right I was like ones are the worst ones honestly we do everything internally and yeah it's not yeah but everything internally is not necessarily positive things and then it seems like the outward appearance wouldn't be positive either that's not true we are Kirsten and I are the greatest people ever and (laughs) we've good is yeah and we go to sevens yeah yeah we're like half the time the most fun. Half the time, 50% of the time we're great. Hopefully more than 50% of the time I'm healthy, but that's motivation for me to get healthy. I was like, I'm so fun mm-hmm. when I'm healthy. Like, oh, yeah. Do the work and get healthy person because otherwise you're not as fun. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. Okay, yeah. I've realized with this season that I have have like these two main ideas that I don't really know how to come together. And yeah. it's the grit it and then it's the celebrating and choosing women. Um, so I feel like the, this is where the questions like take a turn a little bit. We got a truck out there. It's truck out there. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear. It's that. all right. Barely, barely okay, can okay. hear it. Um. So, whenever you read those questions, did it seem like a huge shift in your mind, or okay, what what came across? What was your thought process for it? Well, I think it's really cohesive because, um. I don't know. I think that there's like these two ideas. Yes. Of like getting after it yourself and then like celebrating women Mm -hmm. that are also getting after it. And I think that it's not necessarily intuitive to do both of those things well. Yeah. Uh, But I think it's absolutely possible and I think it's necessary. So I think that, um, to me, it makes perfect sense for those to go hand in hand Mm -hmm. because you're wanting to celebrate the women you have on and how like you're celebrating them Mm -hmm. and how they're getting after it and then tying that back in at the end with like how are they celebrating other women too yeah yeah no it totally does because I forget that it's part of the um like I said I haven't thought about this in a while so it's like bringing all this back of yeah we need to be excited for the fact of even if you're in a season that I necessarily would want I would want to be in or I'm dreaming of being in or that like wish I was doing what she's doing that it's we can switch it and have it not be a negative but a positive Totally. um so where are you in that where are you in celebrating what other women are doing I think your podcast is a really good example of that um and if you're not necessarily doing it in ways you want to now how would you want to be yeah, that's one of the way that I think I'm tangibly celebrating women. That was what I thought of as well was the mm-hmm. podcast. It, my podcast wasn't necess- it's not necessarily exclusively women, but I've only had one guy. So it's mostly women yeah. <laughs> that I'm having on. And I think just by giving them a place to share their journey and what that has looked like, that it's a way of, of celebrating them. And mm-hmm. um, I think inadvertently celebrating other women that resonate with that as well. Mm-hmm. Like when people can kind of connect to those guests that it um, can kind of celebrate them and encourage them as well, if that makes yeah. sense. Um, so, but with that being said, like, oh man, what I'm about to say, like, I hate these words that are about to come out of my mouth, but I just want to be like very real and raw. Um, but when I'm in an unhealthy place, I have a hard time celebrating women. Oh, yeah. And 
man, like I am someone like, I feel like maybe this isn't a new phrase, but I feel like the phrase scarcity mentality gets thrown around a lot these days. I don't know if you've heard that in a lot, a lot of podcasts I listen to. Really? No, I haven't. Scarcity mentality. Um, So it's basically just this idea that there's this limited amount of X, like whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. And so we have to like cling to that and, or like another phrase, like there's enough room at the table. Mm -hmm. Um, So like we can often feel like there's not enough room at the table. Mm -hmm. And that's like the scarcity mentality. Like Mm -hmm. for instance, it would be really in an unhealthy place. Like honestly, it would be very hard when someone's doing the same thing as me it's hard for me to celebrate that person. Again, if I'm in an unhealthy place, like I feel like right now I am in a good place. Mm -hmm. And so, which I'm so thankful for, but it just made me, made it challenging for me to celebrate the wins that other women were having. And absolutely, I would try to like muster it up. Like I, and I don't know, hopefully it came across as genuine because I genuinely wanted to celebrate those women. Mm -hmm. But I just was feeling this idea if they're successful in the same thing I want to be successful in, then if they've already done it, then there's no room for my success was kind of the mentality that I had. And Mm -hmm. I don't know that I would have articulated it that way, but like Mm -hmm. looking back, that's definitely what I was feeling. And so I think in the last few months, especially I've been, um, abundance was actually my, one of my words for this year. And Mm -hmm. it was because of this was realizing that, I can live a life of abundance. Like there's always room at the table. Like with podcasting, I feel like lots and lots of people are doing podcasts. And so Mm -hmm. it's easy for me to say like, well, there's no point in what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And because this other podcast or these other podcasts are successful, then there's no reason for me to do this. But in reality, like there's enough room at the table for their podcast and for my podcast and for yours and everyone else's. Mm -hmm. And so that I haven't, felt that way my whole podcast journey mm-hmm. and that's not just with podcasting it's with everything I've ever done in life like mm-hmm. I can fall into that but I just feel like these last few months I've really been learning that like someone else's success does not take away from my own successes yeah and it also does not prevent like potential success so whether I like um like for instance I we moved into a tiny home and I was obsessed. I'm still obsessed with it. But then we saw someone else's new home and mm-hmm. I instantly was like, oh, like maybe we should have went that route. Like yeah. their home's really beautiful. Yeah. So maybe we did the wrong thing. And in reality, their home is gorgeous. Like they have a beautiful home. And I also have like a really sweet, cute look. I think it's, be- I-, I feel weird saying this, but I think it's a beautiful little yeah. tiny home. Yeah, it is. And so, like, their beauty of their home does not take away from mine yeah. and same with success as well. Like someone else's success cannot take away from my own. And I think for me that has freed me up immensely that I really can't, I'm not just like trying to muster up celebration for other mm-hmm. women, but I can genuinely celebrate it and be like, what's happening in your life is incredible. And, and not only that, but it inspires me. Like it doesn't stir up jealousy anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm not perfect at this, but just in a healthy place. Like it doesn't, it no longer stirs up jealousy or I can shut that down quicker mm-hmm. and let it inspire me instead mm-hmm. alongside that celebration. No, so. totally, totally. Because I think all of admitting that we don't, that it's hard to celebrate women, I think is like the number one thing that people just can't do and don't feel like okay doing because they think they're alone in it when that's totally, 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 totally not true. Um, and that's honestly like half the reason I wanted to do this season was because I, I thought I was good at it, but at the same time I'm not, and I want to be better at it. And I think Mm -hmm. it just, it's going to take practice because our culture has so, so embedded in us to be competitive and to see others as, um, if they do something that we necessarily want to do or that we enjoy doing, or they're better at it, that it's puts us down when that's not at all what it is you know um and what season I mean and I don't think we've talked too much but like this last few probably okay so what we're in August um in May one of my closest friends um was started dating someone that like 
I used to have a crush on and it was weird and hard and like I used to have a crush on him so it wasn't like she needed my permission we never really dated we never dated like it was never a thing so how do we go about that um and how once now she's dating him and they're doing fantastic and for sure gonna get married and like I have it's been crazy that like the Lord kind of had me start this season and then like I think I I had the idea for probably like six or seven months and was really like working up on it and then this huge thing came of like one of my best friends and I just started button heads not only like I think I did share a little bit with you not only like with guy stuff but just like we have different personalities so like how am I going to choose to love her and both of us were having to do that for one another um and how it just was really funny that I was doing this and asking these questions to people and I was learning just as much or probably even more than others and how to do it um and now both of my closest friends here that I hang out with have boyfriends that live together that um well their boyfriends uh all room together and then I room with yeah. one of my close friends and I'm moving back in with Kinsey um in a couple months so like they're my close friends it's great it's awesome but they're also in seasons that I want so badly to be in but at the same time like I can't I should not look at them and be like I want that so I'm not going to be happy for you like I need to get pretty much it's like getting over yourself and getting over the fact that like you're not the only one in this world that wants that and you're not the only one that's going to get it um and that's okay and it's okay to be jealous and be mad and like let it out and talk it through and process for hours with people if you need to process with the person that you may be struggling with and then go from there and it's okay to have it be crappy at times yeah absolutely I think that we have to if we just ignore it then it's not going to get any better Mm -hmm. so it might not be fun to like acknowledge those feelings but I think we have to in order to move forward otherwise we're just going to get stuck in it in the cycle of like jealousy and repressing that and Mm -hmm. frustrating like all those feelings that come about with comparison we're going to get really stuck in that if we just keep ignoring it exactly and it comes it comes so much with just because it's going against the grain we have to choose to celebrate we have to choose to be excited for them um and then it also comes with knowing your boundaries and knowing what's almost too much and what's not and it's taking those baby steps because I remember with Kins and her boyfriend like it was kind of this okay like we, I may not be able to hang out with you guys because I want to be the best friend that I can be and I can't necessarily hang out with you guys right now. But now, okay, now we're at this next step and now we're at this next step. It's like, it's okay to take steps in that because it's going to be, it's going against the grain, you know? Um, And I don't think, I don't think we see life as that. I mean, it's kind of like the instant gratification. Like we have to figure it out. And if we don't, then it's not meant to be when, no, a lot of the times it's just, it's going to take work. (laughs) And this is one of those things that's taken work for sure. Oh man, absolutely. It takes a lot of work, which takes grit. Yeah. Taking grit. (laughs) Yes, exactly. All tying it back. Yes. That's right. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So I guess the last question um, is, do you have any tangible way that you think us women could grit it with one another and not against one another. Yeah. Um, it actually has a lot to do with what we were just talking about. Like, yeah. I think we have to do the hard work on our, like on our end. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's so easy to fall into this scarcity mentality. And from my experience, we're not necessarily going to like will it away. Like it's mm-hmm. not just gonna, like, I don't want to be like this. So it's, going to go away like that doesn't things don't work like that no (laughs) unfortunately as great as that would be um (laughs) but I think we it comes down to like really trusting that who we are is good and it's more than enough like Mm -hmm. I really that I don't want that to sound cliche because I mean it so wholeheartedly um and I think on top of that too we have to trust that in whatever way um we're gritting it, whatever we do, like those things are good, but they don't 
and they can't change our identity. Mm-hmm. So that means like our successes and our failures, like neither of those can shake our value. Mm-hmm. Um, if we, sometimes we can perceive that it does, I think, but in reality, like it, it doesn't. And like for both of us, we both are Christ followers. And so that identity comes in like the unshakable foundation of Christ that we mm-hmm. are beloved children of God. And that's, like period that's mm-hmm. the end of it it's not like Kirsten is a children's minister and a child of God it's not Kirsten is a podcaster and a child of God like yes mm-hmm. I am those things but my identity is actually a child of God and because of that nothing external can shake that and I think yeah. once we believe that and once that sinks in we become less threatened by other people's success yeah. um, just because we know like oh, like, even if I were successful, it's still the same. Or even if I fail miserably, mm-hmm. like, I, my identity hasn't changed at all. And so it's only then when we start to really believe that we're good and that we're more than enough mm-hmm. that we really can come alongside women and celebrate them and support them and grit it alongside them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that it really is that internal work. Like, we have to do it. And it's hard and it's painful. It'll probably bring, at least for me, like it'll bring tears, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Like it's not going to be an emotionless thing. Like it's going to be hard and frustrating, but it's so necessary if we want to be women who truly, truly spur each other on um, without fear of like being undermined by how great they are. Mm -hmm. Because that doesn't change us at all it doesn't touch our identity Mm -hmm. yeah that's so good I think that's a great place to end all of this (laughs) it doesn't touch our identity that's right (laughs) um have you I think I posted a lot about it when I was traveling but chasing slow by Erin Lochner have you heard of that book I've heard of it I've never read it though you would love it very much (laughs) I need to look it up. You do. And then it has, it's so cute. She has little recipes in it as well. Cute. Like uh-huh. just thrown around. Um, I have the ebook version of it. I wish I had the hard copy, but I was trying to pick and choose which books to take with me. So I just took them on my iPad instead of, um, yeah, because she talked a lot about that of like, she had gone back and forth by through so many things of she knows she's not going to find her fill in this, but then she would still go after it. And then she's like, honestly, taking everything aside, I'm just a woman of God, and that's all I have, and that's enough. Like, that's and that's so where it good. starts. Yeah, it so frees good. us up so much. Like, it makes the work that we do exciting instead of filled with pressure mm-hmm. and makes our rest that much more restful because when I like really believe that I can rest Mm -hmm. it's when I like start to guilt myself when I when I don't believe that Mm -hmm. so it it just makes the whole end of the spectrum of like rest to work so much sweeter which is yeah exciting I to clarify I don't do this perfectly like I have to remind myself that often Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like that's just been something the Lord has been teaching me so much in these last few months and I think another thing um Sorry, you don't have to include this since you just said the ending part. But I oh my gosh, no. I can um, cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> or you can move this before it, too. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. But one thing that I have been realizing is just being aware of when these comparing jealous tendencies pop up. Mm. And so if there's, like, a specific friend that – and it's kind of like what you were talking about. Like, you took up baby steps with Kinsey and mm-hmm. her boyfriend – Um, And you're like, okay, right now I know this is painful for me. It's like, let me be proactive about this. Or maybe it's just a friend that you have a hard time with and you're going to hang out with them. Like kind of that friend who has the really beautiful home. Like we went back to their house to hang out. They're great, great friends of ours. I love them. And this honestly has nothing to do with her. This has solely to do with me. Yeah. Um, But I tend to compare myself to her. And so like when we were going to their house, I was like, okay. I want to live in an Airstream. I love our Airstream. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy for them in their new home. It's gorgeous. It fits them well. And that doesn't take away from my different dream that I have of a home. Mm-hmm. And so just like being really 
proactive about speaking truth to myself before going into the situations that I know have a tendency to spark these feelings up in me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just being aware and processing, like, where do I tend to have a hard time celebrating women or where do I tend to compare myself and feel inadequate? And then before you put yourself in that situation, like start speaking truth to yourself. Of, yeah. yeah, this is, this is the truth and it can't be shaken by what, how awesome that, that woman is. Absolutely. Super awesome. Yeah. Well, and I love, it was one thing that um, my friend Maddie said. I don't know if you listened to my interview with her, but I think she said it a few times of like, we have to swallow the pill that the Lord loves other women and loves everybody else just the same as us. So we have to like, just literally, and then I put it in like the more harsher words of get over yourself. You're not the only one in this world. Um, But that's because I have to tell myself that way. Because if I don't tell myself and like, I like, punch yourself in the gut ways, then I'm not going to get the whole severity of the situation and like of the way that I'm thinking about people because no, it's totally just a thought and I'm not acting on it. But at the same time, thoughts, once they build up, like that's how anxiety begins. That's how depression begins. That's how things like literally steal our joy is because it's just one thought that we let kind of go one way or another. Right. Exactly. That's the thing. Like not that we, don't allow ourselves to feel them, but if we let it manifest itself, mm-hmm. then we're missing out on the joy of once we can genuinely celebrate these people yeah. and support them. Like, there's so much joy that comes with that. Like, I got to celebrate, um, if you've listened to Adulting with that, I had my friend Rachel on who just launched her new business. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't even want a business, but it would have been easy, I think, for me in the past to think, like, oh man, she's just way more successful in her niche than I am in my niche. Like, yeah. that would have been my mentality. Yeah, totally. I, like, wanted to cry last night because it was so beautiful. Like, Ugh. the people that were here to support her. Mm-hmm. And I really was like, thank you. Especially knowing we were doing this interview, I was like, thank you, Lord, that you've brought me to a place that I can celebrate it because it's so filled with joy. Like, mm-hmm. when we can't do that, not only is it better than, like, a feeling of jealousy, it's there's actually something really beautiful and good that can come from mm-hmm. it if we and do the work to get to that place. Yeah. And you feel like you're taking a step forward rather than whenever you're jealous of someone, it feels like you're taking 20 steps backwards because totally. you don't measure up. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No. That's and really then bad. we, I think we miss out on two, the inspiring piece. Like not only can we celebrate them, but we can be inspired to go do good in whatever our niche is, yeah. like whether it's the same one or something different, we can, it can be this constant, cycle of inspiring each other to continue on to press on to press past the fear um, and to celebrate together so Mm -hmm. yeah good stuff so good wow i honestly ending starting conversations and ending conversations are my least favorite part (laughs) about any of this for me pretty much every time i end a conversation on the podcast i was like i hated that i'm like i don't know how i would have done that different yeah roll with it (laughs) because I don't like, I just want to keep talking and chatting all day. But at the same time, you need your caffeine. I need my caffeine. I keep seeing all your mugs in the background. Is this just like a little collection for the youth room? So these are all my other mugs, but now it's the coffee bar for our offices. I love it. Youth group kids. It's really just my excuse to, when we downsize, to not have to to get (laughs) Absolutely. Which works great. I mean, everyone wins. Everybody does. We have a coffee bar. Like, it's just a good situation. There we go. There we go. Will you be able to get coffee today? Yeah, Brad has to. um, He gives rides to one of his youth group kids Mm -hmm. who can't get to and from school. Um, So he picks them up and drops them off. So he's going to do that right now. And I think he's getting coffee on his way home. Yes, he is. So. Okay, so we're both getting coffee at the end of this, and that's kind of... Yes. That's, that is the best way. Stuff? I'm going to go make some downstairs, yeah. Nice. I know. I hope Brad remembers to buy some, like, liquors as well, so we can yeah. try to be financially responsible. Yeah. Make our own. You know, it's hard, especially working at a coffee shop that I love so much. It's not even that I think mm. I'm going to get a discount. I forget that I get a discount. I'm just like, yeah, I can go. Blah, blah, <laughs> I'm like, no, Stephanie. You're oh literally gosh, using your tips. That. What's that? <laughs> so I'm always using my tips from the coffee shop on more there coffee. I, I guess that sounds okay, like a but... great deal to me. So. Yeah. 
just going right back to him. Like, I just want to like sit down in a coffee shop with you for real. Like, I how know. Sweet does that sound? I can't believe that we person. haven't done that yet. I know. It's going to. Very sad. It's going to. One of these days, we have to. Okay, just... so soon. Thank you so much for coming on once again for probably the third time, but the second time recorded. Second time is just for fun. Yeah, (laughs) just for funsies. No, seriously, it's so fun. I love getting to be on your podcast, and this one was an especially. (laughs) It was especially an honor. um, Oh, thank you. Yeah, to be a part of this, that you see me as a woman of grit. So thank you for believing in me and celebrating me and. I'm happy to be on this journey with you. Yes, absolutely. All right, girly, have a great day. Enjoy your coffee. Thank you so much for joining. Oh, of course. Thanks again for having me. Of course. See you later. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. Kristen is, she is a gem and someone that I've so enjoyed getting to know over the last few years and getting to do this podcasting thing with. So I I don't know. It's just so fun to hear her heart and get to be, it's so fun to be filled from other people when I don't realize that, um, I needed encouragement in these, these times as well. So I hope you guys enjoyed our conversation. Go check out her podcast of adulting. What's that? She's got it going on. It's so fun just to hear of people doing their thing, gritting it, but then also just talking about fun ways in which they've had like an adulting fail or ways in which they got to where they are. Because a lot of ways, a lot of things I don't, I don't think we talk about, okay, this is what I did X, Y, and Z. But hearing how someone took those steps forward is really encouraging and motivating, inspiring for our next few steps. So go check out her podcast. 